Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Good morning, everyone. I'm getting there. Um, I am coming. As you all know, some of you don't know. That's not true. You don't all know. Some of you don't even know who I am. I'm Reverend Sandy Butler, and um, I love coming here. It's like coming home. Well, it is coming home for me, okay? Yeah. And where I was going with all of that was some of you know me that I seem to have this conglomeration of paperwork around me sometimes, and I use it more often than not as an excuse just to get my act together since I'm up here. So that's what that's really all about. My act is well together, trust me. This particular, uh, and I say that, we'll see how it all turns out in our co-creation. I say that to you because I spent some time on this one. Uh, and what am I saying by this one? I mean this co-creation. This was one where um, Russell... Reverend Russ came and said, could you speak on such and such a day? And oh, by the way, um, this is what I would like you to speak from, or at least part of it. It's Tom Shepard. It's called Glimpses of Truth. You will note it's a rather weighty volume, okay? And I'm a weighty kind of person. Don't anybody say anything. But for this, I bought the book. I don't normally buy the books, okay? And Russell knew that, so he gave me a copy of what it was he wanted me to speak from and about. And as I am wont to do, I just kind of wandered all over the reservation, okay? So that's where the co-creation comes in. I do have a place to begin, and it has to do with the theme that you're all working on right now, and that is paradox. And um, each one of us, meaning Russell, myself and Reverend Sherry had a paradox of the many paradoxes in life that we were going to be speaking on. Don't you know, my paradox happens to be, and ours now that you're here looking at me, pessimism and idealism. Oh boy, talk about the, uh, the whole Megillah. However, I will say Reverend Sherry has to deal with humanity and divinity next week. So we'll wait for that one, okay? But ours to do today is this pessimism versus um, idealism. Now, some of you may think that idealism is the same as optimism. It is not, actually. They are two different things. And the Shepherd book deals very specifically with idealism, although I'm going to slip today into optimism. And where are we going with all of this? Well, let's start at the beginning. Um, and that beginning is right here with the world's on fire. God's on fire. You see the way that was spoken. Have you heard lately that the world is on fire? I think most of us have heard that phrase. Some of us actually believe the world is literally on fire. And then the other way of saying it is, God's on fire. Hmm. Is God on fire? I don't know, but we're going to take a look at it. We walk through life, all of us, 
really having not a good feel for the paradox of pessimism and idealism. We may be able to say it. And so what is a paradox? Let me get to that first. Uh, and for this, I simply went to Webster. Um, and it is, the key to understanding the concept paradox is to learn to acknowledge and to accept apparent opposites as being two aspects of one complete idea. Now, some of you are running that around in the, in the, the flagpole several times right now. You've probably run it around three times. Others of you are saying, yeah, so what? And some of you are saying, oh, well, this kind of sounds kind of heavy. It's all of the above, right? Because you came here today as individualized expressions of one presence and one power. And you brought that individual expression with you. So how you see pessimism, and that's our concept today, our paradox, and idealism will be very different from the person sitting next to you. And some of you will also say, I don't think so different. I mean, we all know how to spell and we all know the definitions of words. Oh, but my friend, you've brought your essence with you. You've brought your Christ with you. And that is individualized to you. So where's the paradox? The paradox comes in seeing two seemingly very different concepts. A pessimist, and for today we'll call it an optimist, coming at life from two very different meanings and ways. Their worldviews are different. And we have a world right now that is challenging all of us. It is on fire. And there are those who I read recently that said, there are several areas we're on fire, just in case you didn't know. We've got poverty, we've got uh, peace, all on fire. And oh, there's part of me that some days is on fire because I'm pessimistic. My world is pessimistic right now. And I don't know where that comes down. It's a paradox. Why? Because I'm a unity student. I'm here. I believe in a positive world and a positive way of looking at things. So why do I feel so pessimistic on some days? And why does my world seem to be burning up? And I don't seem to have much on some days that I feel I can do about it. My friends, today when we talk about paradox, there's nothing you do about paradox. There's no doing in it, okay? We have a lot of doers in the world. I can count myself as one of them on, on a not-so-good day. Because when I get into doing, I give up being I'm lopsided. And that's what happens sometimes in our paradox world. You know, paradoxes are everywhere in our world. I call them, and so does Reverend, uh, not Reverend, Father Rohr. Paradoxes are, they're God's messages that are sometimes hidden. And we don't get them till after the fact of how the world is being and how you're being in the world. So a paradox can be, I'll give you some from daily life. Weakness is strength. Less is more. Ever heard that one? Last shall be first and first shall be last. Giving is receiving. Loss is gain. 
My goodness, we could go on and on. Paradoxes come in different shapes and sizes. We're going to talk about spiritual paradox this morning, not paradox that happens in literature, which some of you are far more familiar with than you might be in spiritual uh, life. But when we have two apparently different ideas that we perceive are very different, and yet they are actually two opposites of one idea. Now let's take the big one first. Sometimes that's the hardest one to get over. We go through life preparing for a full life. Each day, most of us do. We try and do our very best and prepare for the full that life can offer, the fullest that life can offer. And also at the same time, in the same idea, we are knowing life ends. So why do we go forward every day with great purpose if we know there's an end to life? Whoa, Reverend Sandy, did you have to go there? It's Sunday, you know? Yeah, we go there every day. You and I go there every day. And some of you may say, not on a good day, I don't. I don't want to be thinking like that. My friends, you are holding that in your tension, in your own being every single day. That's part of our divinity and our humanity. And what we are doing, and this is something that we're going to learn here, we're not always holding the paradox as we have been taught to do by Jesus we rather run from the paradox, or we would rather hide from it. I'll just keep running each day and making it fuller and fuller and fuller and not ever deal with the fact each day is precious. Each day is this day. And some of you are already saying, this sounds pretty pessimistic to me for an inspiring church service. Good, you got the paradox. You got to hold both ideas, both concepts. And here is how um, certainly Father Rohr recommends we do that. You hold that in the tension of the Christ within. In other words, what we're really talking about here, my friends, is you don't have to be only pessimistic on a day because the world's on fire and everybody's telling me the world's on fire. And now Reverend Sandy's telling me all I got is today. You have a tension. I almost said balance because it isn't a balance. We walk through life with many, many paradoxes. And here's the key. In the paradox is the blessing, is the jewel. You learn, we learn, as we're walking through recognizing paradox, because we don't always recognize the paradox. Some of us have to go, like myself, a couple of times back to the dictionary and make sure I clearly understood what a paradox is. You know intuitively what a paradox is, and for this particular one, pessimism versus optimism or idealism, you know that there's something wrong when we're out of sync when the paradoxical balance doesn't exist, when our world, and we tell everyone around it, is on fire. 
there's this wrong, there's that wrong. What are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? Do you really believe, Reverend Sandy, standing there in front of us, that you got a remedy for that? Yeah, I do. And that's the point. The paradox is something that has no resolution in the time frame that most human beings want it to be resolved. And that means what we're facing both in our world and internally. Paradox screams patience, screams faith, because we so want to kick pessimism out the door and gravitate right toward idealism, the good stuff. There isn't any bad stuff. Well, yeah, maybe there's bad stuff. We'll recognize it briefly. And then we're going right over here to all the good stuff. Folks, that's not how life works. And that is not what unity preaches. We walk through life with a, okay, navigation is my favorite word. And when I get my boat going in the wrong direction, my navigational skills are called into question because I have navigated over to only one side, only one way of viewing my world and sometimes ways of viewing myself. And that's not who we are. We are a paradox, a living, breathing paradox. And pessimism right now, I'm so thrilled to be speaking about because pessimism is what is evolving and has evolved in our world. We would sometimes, and I have friends that do this, rather watch the television to get the latest story on the horror in Ukraine or Gaza or Israel or let's how about the, uh, the horror locally, than they would to say, the world is on fire, I am on fire in God. You see how that paradox, they're different thoughts, but they stand because the recognition is there of the negative, if you want to call it that, and the positive, and that the full supper, the supper, is understanding life is full. Life is full of all kinds of disruption, disease. And if we decide we're going to put one side that's going to be in the forefront of our consciousness, what do you think we get? Now, here, pay attention, you unity folks. If we also go over to the eternal idealistic side and only deal with that, that's our world. That's who we are. Yeah, the negative's over there, but we're over here. I'm saying to you, and I'm saying to it today, um, we are not understanding the paradox. We have been given the pessimism, given it, so that we can learn how to appreciate the optimism. You know, there are many people in uh, metaphysics, in new thought, in unity, that want to so quickly run over here to, it's all good, it's all good, with no recognition that over here ain't so good over there, and yet it is so good over there. Why? Because God is good all the time. God is all all the time. One presence, one power, all good. 
And some of you will say, even in that awfulness, yes, the answer is yes. And I'm tired of wimbly, nimbly, no, it's yes. Either God is good all the time, everywhere present, or God is not. And I do not believe that, and I am assuming you don't either. That's a big assumption on my part, because I think we all have questions. I think we have days where we say, where the heck is God in that? And when you do that, you have recognized, hopefully, after we co-create today, you got a paradox going. It's right up front and close, right in our faces. The hurt, the pessimism, the not understanding, and immediately running off to this is good, got to do good, only good, with no concept. There is negativity. There is man's humanity and inhumanity to man. Right there. And that is all part of God. Walter Starkey was a very favorite um, unity minister and writer. We don't uh, use him as much. I do. And he wrote a book, and it was called It's All God. And I remember buying that book as a ministerial student saying, yeah, watch me get through this one. Because I was doubtful. How could there be God? How could there be God in all? How could God be good in all? And how could God let those things happen? That is part of the paradox that we are looking at here today. It is pessimism and idealism, and it can affect how you work through your life because it is a blessing in how you work it through your life, how you navigate the many paradoxes you're going to come across. I read some of you, them to you today. It is not something, here, I'll read to you what uh, Reverend Rohr says, because it may bring it home for some of you. Whenever we can appreciate the goodness and value of something while still knowing its limitations and its failures, this also marks the beginning of wisdom. Most humans are not very good at such allowing. It often feels like what Paul calls groaning. In recent centuries, no one has shown us exactly how to do this. Yet it is surely the tree of life at the center of the garden whose roots extend deep and wide. Perhaps a more familiar word is simply, remember this one, forgiveness. The struggle to forgive reality for being exactly what it is right now often breaks us through a non-dual consciousness. We won't spend a lot of time on non-dual consciousness. But what the struggle to forgive the reality for what it is right here and right now. Have you watched the TV programs? Have you looked at them and there is no forgiveness on your part? The best you can do is flip the channel. Or the best you can do is call a friend and unload. That's not doing the work that we're here to do. And paradox, while it has beautiful message about it, it is practice. You don't come by solving anything. Remember what I said, paradox is not about resolution. It's not about solving anything. It's about being patient with the way things are. 
the way the paradox has a tension. For in the tension is the creativity, and in the tension is God. And what is required of us is resilience in our faith in order to stand firm in what we believe. We do believe in one presence, one power, everywhere present, all good. That's what we say, first principle. And how are we to navigate that in our world through the very teachings that unity and Jesus put forward? Love one another as I have loved you. Love each other. Do we do that? I'm asking. It's a rhetorical question. But I am asking. Because paradox requires wisdom. If we can stand in the wisdom. And wisdom requires practice of being resilient in your faith. And faith and resiliency are joined at the hip. Some days we got faith like nobody's business. And other days, not so sure. Not so much. And this requires, once we get the idea and the concept of paradox, and navigating paradox, and seeing paradox for what it is, a blessing. There are lessons in every paradox you see. You have paradoxes in your life. We have love-hate relationships with many people in our lives. Why? And some of us say, well, I want to just forget that, or I'd like to ignore it, or I'm just going to not deal with that at all. Fine, you don't get the blessing of the paradox. And some of you will say, yeah, that's fine with me. I'm not looking for that. You've missed coming up higher in consciousness. So I say to you, the other part about paradox is it requires nonviolence. Sometimes when we get going, and I include myself in that, with, did you see what she did? Do you see what they're doing? Do you see the horror of it? I get impatient. There's no patience. And I get, in my impatience, violent. Do you know what it is to be violent when you are impatient? I think there's not a person in this room that doesn't understand what I just said. We live our lives, many of us, being impatient. And when we are impatient, there is a violence to that. And when we're navigating paradox, it is in the non-violent, faithful, peaceful, divine order of life where we claim our victory in our world. So when you come upon a time and look for them, the paradoxes, even in the mundane, the everyday paradox of, well, why did that happen? I didn't want that to happen. That's awful. And instead of going right to, it's awful. I can't live with it. I'm going to have to call somebody. I'm going to have stop. And that's the last thing I'll bring to you as a practice, because I do love it. Pema Choden, many of you remember her from the early 2000s. She is an American Buddhist nun, and she wrote many wonderful things. And one of her lessons to us when we were in the middle of disruption, disease, conflict, paradox, was to simply pause. It's the famous um, pause in the presence, except she used the Tibetan word shenpa, and what is Shenpa? 
you'll know it instantly. When you are practicing Shenpa, you have paused, and here's how you'll know. All of you have been bitten by bugs, right? That itch. It itch. Itch, itch, itch. Mosquitoes. Itch, itch, itch. And the first thing we do is scratch, scratch, scratch. We don't pause. We don't stop. We go right for the bug and right for the itch. When we practice Shenpa, we pause. How many of us have in times of conflict, disruption, especially ones we didn't count on, there ain't no Shenpa allowed. It's right to the phone. It's right to the computer. It's right to my friend. It's right to me and more toxicity because it's wrong. And I'm going to scratch it. You see, my friends, in the pause, in the Shenpa, is the gift, is the blessing to wait. It's the patience. Stop and then move forward. Remember, in paradox, there's no solution until God's ready for a solution. It's divine order. We don't say divine order for, for just talking to ourselves. Divine order is not your order. It's not my order. It's the order of the Christ, of the Spirit. And Shenpa insists, when you practice it, that you wait for divine order. And you do it with faith and with patience. And that can be extremely difficult. And so, here's my last for you. Yeah, it's difficult. Life can be difficult. And I'm not being flippant here, but I'm going to read something to you. Because it made a difference to me, and it may be a good place for us to stop this one conversation. Trust me, there'll be more. But here it is. What if our true purpose in life is simply to treasure with wild, unfettered, loving abandon every last little thing the universe has to offer? Oh, I would like to be able to say at the end, I did. I loved it all. And that, my friends, includes the paradox. I loved it all. And I received it all, and I was able to skillfully navigate through it all. And our unity teachings are the perfect, I think, close to perfect, way of doing that. Be strong in those teachings. Practice them. Use them. And if you are shying away from that because your world tells you it's all bad, it's all going to heck in a handbasket, you stand in your own truth, in the moment that you're in right now for what you believe. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.